Hi, welcome to Over Beers. I'm Freddie Clark. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. Our guest is Jason Carty, the executive director of the New Jersey Brewers Association. The NJBA is the voice of craft beer in New Jersey, representing the breweries and affiliated groups to support growth and beer appreciation in the state. They advocate for clear, fair laws and regulations, as well as run special events for beer lovers throughout the year. Later in our conversation with Jason, we're going to be talking about beer distribution, specifically the three-tier system. While the laws can be different in every country, state, or even municipality, in general, most states in the U.S. adhere to some form of the three-tier system. It encompasses brewers, retailers, and wholesalers. A brewer will provide their beer to a wholesaler or a distributor who then sells to retailers like bars and liquor stores. Some laws prevent any overlap at all, so a brewer cannot distribute or sell directly to people. While other laws can allow overlap, but with strict rules around the amounts that can be sold or where the sale can take place. Exceptions to these laws can be seen when we're talking about tap rooms and brew pubs. There's a ton of different variations across the globe. In New Jersey, the Division of Alcoholic Beverage Control determines the laws and controls licenses and permits, but counties can play a large role in whether a brewery is allowed within their borders or not. In September 2012, New Jersey changed its laws to allow breweries that make up to 300,000 barrels of beer to sell pints on-site after a brewery tour. Food of any type may not be sold. It also allows for beer to be sold either to wholesalers or retailers directly. You'll hear more about the laws in the conversation with Jason. I met up with him at the local eatery and pub in Mount Holly. We talked during lunchtime at the Craft Friendly Pub. I apologize ahead of time for the background chatter. There were people enjoying their lunch and people at the bar. So it's not too bad, but you can hear background noise. To start off, I wanted to know how Jason came to be involved in the Brewers Association. A brewery owner friend had sent me uh, an email that said, check out this job. I think you'd be really good for this. And I looked at it, didn't think I really knew enough about beer. And his response was, I don't want somebody who knows a lot about beer. We need somebody that can run an organization. Okay. And I have a strong union organizing, fundraising, political organizing, grassroots, dealing with the press, public information, things like that. And I applied, and here I am. Okay. So your background wasn't beer. All right. Your background, politics. Correct. More of a political union organizing. Okay. Uh, career firefighter, 20 years experience as a firefighter. Oh, okay. Full time. Where? Semi retired down here in Burlington in County. Burlington, okay. So it was just an opportunity to present itself. It was the right time, the right place, and sound like a really cool job. And it's almost as cool as I thought it would be. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you're growing up. Beer was a secondary thing. You were. You were drinking, I'm sure, but it was not... Like every was, good teenage kid, right. you uh, learn right. the hard way sometimes. Probably, I would say, my best uh, experience were drinking beer, hanging out, and when you uh, travel down paths of uh, lower quality right. okay. uh, beverages, you know, you paid yep. the price. But no, I was a big Yingling guy. I okay. went to Yingling, to the brewery a couple times out in Pottsville okay. several times in my early 20s so that was kind of my, my go-to drink All right. my exposure to craft beer 
uh, was was a little slow. Flying Fish obviously been around a long time. Had a couple of that, a couple of their beers. When Iron Hill opened up a location in Maple Shade, was the turning point where I really got turned on to craft beer. I believe that was 2009. Okay. They opened up their location there. Okay. Well, you know, you have a better pedigree than I do. When I was drinking in college, I went to SUNY Geneseo, and we would get Jenny out at at the factory. And wow. It, it was a mess. Wow. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to admit what I drank when I. <laughs> okay, so you come into this position, and you know, real basic understanding about beer. What was the most surprising thing on your first day, first week? What was like? What did I get myself into? Because everybody on a new job has that moment. What was that moment for you? Holy shit, I have to drive to every brewery in the entire state and introduce myself? Uh, no, nah, that was expected. That's a bad problem to have. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so, like, oh, your job is awesome. But, yeah, it's, honestly, it's, it's similar to what I was doing in a, in a union capacity as, as an organizer for the fire, firefighters union dealing with different personalities mm-hmm. and people with different needs. So in this case, it's breweries of different sizes that have different needs and different issues and trying to address all their issues equally mm-hmm. and making sure that uh, our association is representing everyone equally and present a unified front uh, for the betterment of, of craft beer and breweries in the state of New Jersey. Okay. So what the, for the uninitiated, what does that mean? So what are the sample problem facing one of the beer one of the breweries in New Jersey? What's a sample thing that could be a problem for a brewery? It's in New as Jersey? simple as a, a call from a member because they called the ABC and they wanted to have this particular type of event and they were told no. Unfortunately, a lot of times I can't fix that because our oppressive, archaic laws in the state of New Jersey it just are not business-friendly and definitely not brewery-friendly. Friendly. Um, you tell us my third one, Freddie. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so it, it's just a lot of uh, little fires you got to put out mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, dealing with stuff like that. Okay. It's, uh, we, we do have a, a state government that doesn't really fully embrace the value of having uh, microbreweries in local business districts. Uh, some are in manufacturing, industri- industrial areas, if you will. Some are more in downtown business districts. It's just trying to deal with the little fires, I, I like to call them, uh, multiple at the, at the same time. But it's, there's no major issues. It's more of an industry-wide uh, trying to promote the product and get everybody on the same sheet of music. These these are the epitome of small businesses. Mm-hmm. Out of the 75 production breweries and another 12 brew pubs in the state, uh, the majority of the breweries in the state are mom and pops that I like to refer to. They're the epitome of a small business. They're open, if you're lucky, Thursday through Saturday, sometimes Sunday. And they're, they wheeling, have, the, they're wheeling the production brewery aside to put up tables to open the, the, the tap room. Correct. So, and you have a total of three employees. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the brewers, also the tasting room manager, also the, the brewery owner. Right. Uh, so it's but but at the same time, that is the backbone of what the New Jersey brewing industry is, where it's the mom and pops popping up from everywhere, from dry towns like Haddonfield to Little Oakland in South Jersey and Camden County, up to Chatham with a Twin Elephant, a perfect example of a, a nano, a true nano. Mm-hmm. 
that's uh, making great beer and significantly impacting the local business district. Okay. So you touched on something. Now, New Jersey is late to the craft beer game by any stretch of the imagination, right? So, you know, if you if you track it to the days of Dogfish and Sierra, well, yeah, 90, the 90s, the Dogfish, Sierra Nevada era, um, or the new renaissance where, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, New Jersey is 2012, 2013 to actually really embrace it at all, not even embrace it, to True. allow it. True. 2012, there's a law change to allow on-premise consumption for breweries, i.e. the tasting rooms you see today. Mm-hmm. There was 12 production breweries in the state. Now there's 75. Mm-hmm. So obviously that led uh, to the springboard of what we are today. But being, I believe we're 42nd now in the country per cap, breweries per capita. Mm-hmm. So we're way behind, you know, in a population of state as densely as populated as we're way behind where we should be, breweries per capita. But I rank us 50th as far as business-friendly climate and the laws that either enable the business to succeed or restrict them from doing so. Okay, so how so? How is it, how is it unfriendly? How is it an unfriendly environment? New Jersey is a very traditional three-tier system, as you're well aware of, of what that is. And it's a, a significant ingrained special interest, speaking politically, in the state that they make huge political contributions to elected officials. They have the ear of people that have of significant power in Trenton. So it's hard to fight something that's, uh, it's, it's, it's a battle that we're fighting, one mm-hmm. battle at a time. Okay. Uh, but more importantly, we're trying to win the war. We prefer a partnership. Uh, for example, where we are today, the local in Mount Holly, downtown, where they embrace Jersey made beer. It's a, a full restaurant and bar with a liquor license. They support Jersey beer. They see the value of it. But unfortunately, there is a establishment that does not want to see the breweries succeed. Mm-hmm. And the three-tier system combined with uh, rules and regulations and restrictions where specifically the two things in the law uh, in 2012 state that breweries must give a tour prior to consumption. And secondly, that you may not operate a restaurant on premise. Mm-hmm. To be honest, most of the breweries don't want to open a restaurant. Right. It's, but they want to be able to get enough some work shit. to brew beer. Absolutely. Okay. They don't want to open. 99% of the, the breweries in the state of New Jersey do not want to open a restaurant. Let's put that on the record right now. <laughs> but we get fought tooth and nail with any proposed legislation from that special interest faction uh, when we try to get rid of the mandatory tour, which was nothing less than a sanction imposed on us by the special interest entity uh, in the first place. So, so there is things limiting our growth where you get people come in. It's a huge tourism driver. People come across the state from Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, and they're like, they come to a brewery and they're like, what? I have to take a tour? They're, they're completely surprised by the fact that they are required to take a tour, and it's just another regulation Im- right. imposed upon us. Right. Where, and just a neighbor in New York, there's no, you don't have to take a tour. Um, and you can buy a bag of potato chips. I'm glad you brought up New York because I have to give credit to uh, Governor Cuomo in New York. A couple weeks ago, I was at an event called Taste NY, and it was in Manhattan, and the, the event was not only sponsored by the state, 
paid for by the state. They have a state website, tasteny.gov, that they promote the craft beverage industry within their state. Come across the river, the exact opposite. Right. It's We're promoting ourselves and we're fighting the government for for better laws and 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 more uh, abilities to to promote our product and get people in the tasting room, whereas other states get it. That's why I say we're 50th in the country in craft beer as far as our oppressive laws. Right. So, I mean, they, Governor Cuomo, I have to give him all the credit in the world. I, I wish he was our governor right now, <laughs> right now, in 2017. Uh, he would do a much better job. And uh, he literally embraces the craft beverage, all beverages, cider, distillers, wineries, in addition to craft beer, where they're literally promoting mm-hmm. because it, it's a tourism driver, it's economic development, and it's creating jobs. Which is seen across the country. I saw a thing on, I think it was, I don't remember where I saw it, but a thing about income that breweries produce, the tourism, I mean, the money, the jobs. I mean, it's across the country, the craft beer industry is making money for where, for their communities, for their states, for their localities. And it's something that's just continues to grow. I'm glad you bring that up because despite being 42nd per capita of breweries, we're in the top 10 of uh, per capita for, the, for the, the amount of dollars spent per person on craft beer. Oh, wow. I did not know and that. if you look okay. at the statistics, we're actually only consuming of that. I want to say it's fair to say less than 10%, probably closer to 5 is actually New Jersey beer being consumed okay. from that portion of the population. So... It's an interesting statistic because people are embracing craft beer and drinking craft beer. You're never going to be big beer. Bill, billions would it be? Dollars of advertising, Super Bowl. We know the we know the shtick. Uh, but the craft beer market is the market share is the market share. Mm-hmm. So we could do so much better by promoting it. Drink Jersey, drink Jersey made. Hashtag Jersey beer. Right. So we we definitely have room for growth, uh, but we are struggling in comparison to the other states so so yeah it's yes okay so let me ask you a question so as someone who is into craft beer maybe someone into new jersey craft beer even what can be done from the individual perspective to help to nurture the new jersey craft beer See, that's great. Just number one, public awareness. Just getting engaged. Uh, I come from a political background. I'm going to say it. Say it one time. Rock the vote. Okay. Educate yourself as your You're local. Showing legis- your age there. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. We'll say how old I am. Uh, rock the vote, man. P- pay attention. Educate yourself of if your local legislator. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. We support both. If they support craft beer. We support them. Mm-hmm. If they're pro-brewery, we're pro-them. So just the legislators, and there's a good amount of them that do recognize the value of having a brewery in their district. There's some districts that have three and four breweries within their legislative district. There's some towns. Now, for the first time, there's a municipality, as of last week, the first town in the state with three breweries in the same town, Hamilton, down in Atlantic County. Uh, so just get engaged. Educate yourself on the, on the issues and the stances of your local electeds. And for our, from our stance, just building a better relationship with the next administration, uh, with the state government, 
getting a commission formed under the Economic Development Authority. New York does a great example. Their Empire State Development something or other is their, uh, their version of an Economic Development Authority. We're building a partnership with them to, for tourism dollars to drive people to New Jersey because craft beer is generating tourism and that helps everybody. It's, they're coming across the bridge, they're paying the toll, they're stopping at the gas station, they're stopping at the restaurant, they're gonna stay at the brewery, they're gonna go to a restaurant to eat, and they're gonna stay at a hotel. Mm -hmm. So just creating a, a better partnership with our elected officials and more importantly, the next administration. Well, it's funny you say that because growing up in this area, growing up in the New York, New Jersey, metropolitan area, when I was younger, New Jersey was the pass-through. Yes. Right. You drove through New Jersey to get to Bucks County. You drove through New Jersey on your way to Hudson County, right? You wasn't necessarily the destination. And you look at places like, we'll take Bucks County, for example. They big on the wine trail thing there. And it was always something that you could tell. You would go there for the day or spend a long weekend and spend money doing other things if even if the wine trail was your destination so it makes sense to to bring absolutely if, if people are coming in for the beer they're going to spend on other things there's some breweries down the shore now us in south jersey down the shore you know we know what that means i know you guys have a you call them bennies we call them shoebies thing but it's absolutely a a, a significant portion of the revenue of some of these breweries but they do track it on their their uh, point of sale systems where it's you know 30 up to 60 percent of their business especially in season is from out-of-state people so that, that's a good point i think it's more of a south jersey has always been a tourism uh destination whereas north jersey to me right. or north jersey uh <laughs> not I'll so much that. you know yep. It's, yep. people come less out of new york city to do things than they you know they'll leave philadelphia and the delaware region to come into south jersey i mean christ we have how many Canadians every summer down the shore? Uh, so no, it's definitely a, it's a legitimate tourist destination. I think the breweries are adding a tourism factor to that. Mm -hmm. So where coincidentally, over half of the breweries now are in South Jersey, Which, out of seventy-five. So it shows you. Uh, full disclosure: I think a lot of it is the real estate value uh, factor. It cost a million dollars to buy the same building in Hoboken. Uh, where it costs a you know a fraction of that in some somewhere in South Jersey, so real estate values definitely play a a um, play in that. But at the same time, it's more of a tourism destination. Mm -hmm. There's Route 30 coming from Philadelphia. You stay on the Route 30 corridor. There's something like eight or nine breweries now from Philly to Atlantic City now, right. including Tuntat all the way down Atlantic City. You know, I can name them off if you want to hear them. But you know. Garden State, Tuckahoe, Tom Foolery, Akko Berlin, Flying Fish, Lunacy, Devil's Creek, Double Nickel, Eclipse, Tonewood. I think I got them all. all right, it's well, not bad, right? That's not bad. <laughs> and I'm sure the one you missed, if you they're missed anybody, all, I'm going to hear about it. They're going to yell about it. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, so is it... In addition to the tourism, is it that certain localities are more friendly? Because when I look at the map, either the map on, on your website or the map on like NJCB. NJBeer.org. Good. Very good. Well done. You can see there's regional clusters in certain areas. Like for me living in Old Bridge, 
I would love a brewery to be right down the street that I can hobble home from, you know, at 9 o'clock on a Thursday night. But that's not happening where I live. We've definitely come full circle. So if you look at the earlier breweries that opened up when the law first changed in 2012, for example, we're sitting in Mount Holly. We're a block away from Village Idiot. They were first told no mm-hmm. by Medford, which is two towns over, to where they were welcomed with open arms here in Mount Holly. It, a lot of it was, where can I open? The, the earlier ones were more production, the Flying Fish, the Canes. They were mm-hmm. already open a brewery prior to the, or open uh, prior to the law change. So it wasn't about the taste room. It was just about a more industrial site that fit their needs to produce beer. But with the, the, the law change with the tasting rooms, it definitely has become, uh, where's a good fit? Mm-hmm. We have come full circle just today. Got a call from a reporter, a local municipality in Burlington County, Riverton, for all you uh, home brewers that have aspirations to open a brewery. Riverton, New Jersey, and Burlington County, it's a light rail stop. They're changing their ordinance right now. It's a dry town, but they want to attract a brewery to their town. That's the difference in five years. I get a call a week or an email a week from a mayor somewhere in the 565 municipalities in New Jersey of, hey, how do I get a brewery in my town? Because they see the value. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not even about the beer for them. It's about economic development. There's at least 12 breweries that I know of across the state that have opened in a building that was empty for at least five years or more. Mm-hmm. It's about jobs, creating jobs. So it's economic development, it's jobs, and it's tourism, as we already spoke about, where it's, that's the driving factors. These towns see the value of having a nano, a microbrewery in their town. They want that local spot to create the foot traffic in their struggling downtown. Haddonfield, New Jersey, an old Quaker town, dry as dry. Not a bar. Everything's BYO. They approved back in April or May. They should be open by the end of the year. Kings Road uh, Brewery in Haddonfield that they wanted it. It was a standing ov- ovation in the, oh, in the town meeting when they approved it. Mm-hmm. So nice. that's, that's the difference uh, as opposed to five years ago where it was, where can I go? Now right. it's, who wants me? Right. You know, where everyone is, the is they're fighting. To it's go like now. the Amazon warehouse. Everybody's fighting for it. Everybody nice. wants a brewery. Nice, okay, good. Um, I know you've got some things coming up. You guys host a lot of events throughout the year. Um, a couple weeks ago, you had the I Play America uh, Beer Fest. What's coming up? Anything new? Yeah, it's, so we have two things coming up, and then actually in the next couple of weeks. Uh, first, we have on Tuesday, October 24th, at Forgotten Boardwalk, we have a vote beer event. So as we spoke to previously, the legislators that support us, we want to support them. So it's an event to raise awareness, rock the vote for you old school guys. So it's only $25 a person. It's a, it's a private party. You must buy the tickets in advance uh, in accordance with the ABC regulations. Uh, so October 24th, it's a Tuesday. You can buy the tickets at njbeer.ticketleap.com. It's only 25 bucks at Forgotten Boardwalk. All the proceeds go to our political action committee, which is to support legislators who support us. Okay. So in the short of that is for better laws, for New Jersey breweries, support that initiative. And we support the legislators that support us. The next event we have after that is the 28th in South Jersey, Riverwinds Community Center in West Effort Township, Gloucester County. There's going to be a food truck festival, Halloween-themed, 20 food trucks, eight breweries. Um, it's on the 28th, I want to say noon to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. You can buy those tickets. Uh, there's a link on our site, njbeer.org. 
and it's all all New Jersey. We do we're proud of our festivals and events that we run. Our beer gardens are always 100% New Jersey beer only. The Battleship every third Saturday in June is always a big hit. It sells out very quickly. It was phenomenal this year. 46 a record 46 New Jersey breweries and uh, so we're very proud of that festival. The iPlay, as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, was a Jersey-made theme. So it was Jersey cheese, chocolate, beef jerky, things of that, that nature. So, yeah, we're, we're always, always looking at expanding. Anybody knows uh, a function that they would like a beer garden. We're a nonprofit. We have the ability to pull a social affairs permit and provide a beer garden, all Jersey-made beer garden. So feel free to contact us. You can contact us at njbeer.org. Are you trying to do more things with other craft foods and disciplines, for lack of a better word? Like you mentioned food and um, distilleries and stuff like that. Is there is there a more broad craft community? I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. We just started an initiative. It's still in its infant stages. Uh, a craft beverage alliance okay. with the New Jersey wineries and the New Jersey distilleries. Uh, the, the distilleries are our little brother, if you will. There's less of them. I think there's 15 or 16 now. They're just getting organized as far as an association or guild. Uh, we Obviously, we now, full disclosure, we were the Garden State Craft Brewers Guild. We just renamed to the New Jersey Brewers Association. We're in the process of a rebranding, new logo coming soon. But we've uh, built some relationships with the wineries and the distilleries, and we're looking forward to, to furthering that as far as a... Uh, unified voice in the state for the craft beverages that are available Jersey made mm-hmm. uh, if it be uh, tourism or political or legislative initiatives that's what we're uh, the goal of the craft beverage alliance in New Jersey is so it's a, a unified voice so yes absolutely we're we look forward to continuing our relationship with them building upon it uh, to help everybody because you know unified we're stronger, stronger voice, and, and we can get more done in this state. Nice. Cool. We have been drinking, actually. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but what are we drinking? You, I let you pick it. Tell me about it. So this is a Tonewood Porter. It is delicious. So Tonewood is a small brewery in Oakland. Not to be confused with Oakland uh, by, by you North Jersey heads. Oakland is in Camden County. It's actually the closest brewery to the city of Camden. It's like a short five, ten minute drive from Camden. Uh, so Eli and Taylor, two brothers, they're, they're brewing great beer down in Oakland. And it's a perfect example, not only of a great Jersey made beer, but the benefits that a brewery brings to a, a, a small downtown area where they have a, a brand new food establishment that opened right next door. Um, the square meal, I believe it's called, that, you know, they're thriving off of the brewery business. But, yeah, Eli and Taylor are making great beer. They did a barrel-aged version of this. I highly recommend um, to try if, if, if you can find it. I know they are canning. They're a limited distro. They're independently mm-hmm. distributed. Uh, so a lot of beer, a lot of bars are picking up their beers on, on tap, and they do have a they do canning run. Uh, Tonewood in Oakland, I highly recommend it. Cheers. It's very good. Cheers. Cheers. So most of the New Jersey craft brewers are self-distributing. Does the three-tier system, the distribution system, help or impede New Jersey craft beer? That's the toughest question you've asked me all day, and without a doubt, it's a double-edged sword. Okay. Let's be completely honest. Is the three-tier system is established to keep checks and balances, you know, ones that we may may not be needed or fair, but they're there. 
some of the larger guys, they choose to, you know, a distributor, and rightfully so, they're producing a lot of beer, and they need to get it out quickly into a lot of places, uh, whereas the smaller guys are doing independent. I mean, look at a guy like Kane. He's at least top five breweries in the state as far as uh, the quantity of beer he's producing. He's still independently uh, distributing. So that's kudos to them that he, mm-hmm. he maintains that infrastructure. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword. There's pros and cons for both. Um, I would definitely defer to a, a brewery owner okay, uh, as opposed to weighing in on a, you know the three-tier distributor. That's a very political answer. <laughs> it is. It is what it is, as they gotcha. say. Uh, but, you know, again, it's you're still getting great beer, New Jersey made beer from some of the distributors, and you're still getting, you know, the place where you're in, in the local here in Mahali, I can't, this place is only a year old. Their business model is, as their name says, the local. Mm-hmm. So they do have, uh, you know, demented, Brotherton and Pylons on as we speak which are through a distributor Mm -hmm. and then they have at least seven or eight independent guys as just sitting here today for lunch we had the Tonewood rep come in we had the Carton rep come in the other day Magnify came all the way in here you know so it shows that you know the, the, the establishments the licensed establishments that recognize uh the consumer's Needs and what they really want of local craft beer. I mean, there's one up in North in uh, Jersey City, Atlas. That's they only carry independently distributed. So I mean, it's just whatever your business model is. You you know you do you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do what's best for your business. But the ones that really care about the product that they're putting in the glass for the consumers, they want local craft beer and they know where to find it. Yeah. Cool. All right. So one more question for you. When you're an old man, like in, you know, in another year or two, when you're an old man, <laughs> when, when you look back on your time as executive director, what will you have done that you will have said, or what can you do that you will be able to say to yourself that you were successful? I already have that answer. Cause that's, okay. So my goal, my sole goal, and I told him when I took this position, is, is to leave it in a, in a better situation, a better place than I found it. Mm-hmm. So I, I took the, almost a year on this job, a month sh- short of a year almost, and it's just to, to build a brand, build a, a message, and to strengthen the organization. Again, I come from a union background, so it's unity. I've gotten several members to join that weren't members, and as they open up, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting these guys that are breweries and planning on board before they open uh, because it's, it's strengthened in numbers. So when we're dealing with these politicians and the system that we're unfortunately have to deal with where you have a much louder voice collectively mm-hmm. you know it's it's strength and unity and you know if they divide us we're weak okay so it's solidarity it's be- hashtag beer solidarity i'm going to start that there you go uh, so no that's my goal is to leave in a better place than i found it and uh you know if i'm here a year two years three years uh, hopefully we keep continuing to grow i think we have a lot of room for growth and to become a, a larger uh, more powerful organization and to pursue initiatives and laws that are more beneficial to the breweries and brew pubs that we represent. So that's the goal, just to leave it, leave it better than I found it. Nice. Very good. Thanks, Jason. You can find out more about the New Jersey Brewers Association at njbeer.org. If you're in the state and want to help out and support better laws for New Jersey breweries, Get tickets to the event on Tuesday, October 24th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing in Cherry Hill. 
Tickets can be had at njbeer.ticketleap.com. Thanks for joining me this week. You can find out more about the podcast at the blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast, a comment at the blog, or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for the show. You can reach me at cheers at santefoto.com. I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.